hello friends. This is an Apple Music interview version of the world-famous Emo Dad podcast. What does this mean? No music. Why? Apple doesn't let us play songs. Does it sound a bit weird when we introduce a song and nothing happens? Nah. But, you know, you still get the conversation and all the good times. For the full version, switch on over to Spotify and search Emo Dad. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. I seem to be sitting in the dark. <laughs> there we there go. you go. That's what you look like. There we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Emo Dad podcast. I'm on my own today. This is Matt. Sadly, James couldn't be with us, but I have an awesome interview for you. Uh, I sat down with the incredible Tucker Rule from Thursday. Uh, We had a really good chat about everything Thursday related, how the band got together, the early years, what it was like to be on Vitri Records and Island Records, um, and also his experience of playing in some other bands, including boy band The Wanted. So I hope you enjoy that. This is Cross Out the Eyes by Thursday. Tucker all, welcome to the Emo Dad podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? It's good. I'm, I'm good. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. All is well. Nice, nice. Um, thank you for taking the time to chat to us today. Um, of course. So, thought we'd go right back to the start. And um, I'm always interested to um, to understand, you know, musicians that I that I listen to and bands that I listen to, what sort of music they were listening to when they were growing up. So, what what were you into when you were when you were younger? Ah, uh, man. When I was younger, I really, you know, obviously being from New Jersey, I like, you know, Bon Jovi when I was a kid and Bruce Springsteen. Um, but then I, I discovered skateboarding at a young age. Okay. And that that led me into a bunch of like cool hip hop and punk rock. You know what I mean? Like yep. and the hip hop was like hieroglyphics, like Del the Funky Homo Sapien and Casual and Souls of Mischief. So and Public Enemy. So I got really into hip hop at a young age and uh and then from there it kind of got me to meet a bunch of friends in school that were skateboarders as well that liked music and we started going to shows together like hardcore and punk shows so uh yeah ev- all everything uh for me uh, being in a band revolves around uh and, and, and stemmed and born from skateboarding nice nice and do, yeah. do you still skateboard now occasionally when my nephew uh is around but i i i try not to just because it's like i don't know i'm 42 you don't heal as fast as you as 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 you used to and you know i i'm the type of person that would try to do the stuff that i used to do when i was in my 20s so yeah I, same, I, I, same. I, my, my my adult father emo dad brain won't let me <laughs> uh injure myself 
I'm uh, I uh, I actually decided to to try and teach myself to skateboard during the lockdown. <laughs> All right, how'd it go? It, not great. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to. Uh, I can just about go along without killing myself. So I think I'll just leave it there and uh, and uh, I won't get too ambitious because, uh, like it's you say, good. it takes a bit of time to heal these days. <laughs> It does, man. And it's dangerous. You know, it's so much fun and it's so rewarding. And there's the culture is so beautiful. And, you know, of course, the, it finally getting recognized in the Olympics and it's yeah. a worldwide sport now is amazing. But, man, it's it's you, you got to you got to really be mindful of, of your of your limbs. <laughs> Even a whack in the shin is uh, is bad enough. Oh, um, man, that's Dave. You're out for days. <laughs> um, so when did you start playing drums? And, and what kind of um, influenced you into doing that? So I started playing drums very late in life. I started playing when I was 18. And uh, okay. my friend and I, uh, one of my skateboard buddies, we started a band together. Uh, and I was the singer and he was the drummer because I, I, I had never played an instrument. Um, and he hadn't either. So he bought himself a, a drum kit and we had our first practice and slowly... But uh, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say slowly. I said quickly. I found out that I could not sing, and he quickly <laughs> found out he was not a good drummer. So we kind of switched. I was like, oh, let me get back there and try. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, I did a lot of air drumming in the car, but I I never knew what, you know, the separation of limbs and all this stuff and what sound was making. You know, what limb was making what sound. Um, and then I just I sat back there and I just loved it. And I felt very comfortable and and I been playing pretty much every day ever since okay and were you self obviously you were self-taught at that time have you ever had lessons or anything i i'm self-taught and i i did take one lesson uh pretty recently about three years ago i, I would say with with someone who i considered to be uh you know the oracle of, of drums these days and his name is dave elich and he his his whole method uh, uh, of teaching is 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 basically to get out of your own way, um, you know. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you know. I'll, I'll use myself as an example, and not speak for everyone, but I, I I definitely do things wrong, you know, where where I I could do things a lot e same motion, but do it a lot easier, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he he kind of like points that out and gives you direction on how to get get the hell out of your own way. So that was just three years ago, did you say you did that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. One lesson. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And did uh did you take a lot from doing that? Um, take a lot away from that? I, I did. I did. It's one of those things where you know, I I can now sit down on a kit and I I can hear his words, and I I might not always do it the way you know that's correct, but uh, you know when I feel myself snapping into a bad habit, I I mm. can think to that time and and as best I can correct it. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. It's nice, you know. We're always we're, whatever we kind of excel at. We're all le always learning, aren't we? And that's. Um, but I think it takes a lot to um, to after all those years to to then go and take a lesson in something that you you basically do have done it all all of your life and <laughs> yeah, every day. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, and and you 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 hit the nail on the head, man. It's like drums, especially for me, is something that has taught me something every single time I sit down at the kit. You know, and, and for me, like that is, is I've, I've never had anything like that before, where it's like literally a lesson every single day to myself, mm. like a life lesson. And, and I'm so grateful that I found something that I, that I love and it could be my passion and my hobby at the same time. 
and also, uh, you know, it, it, it can make, uh, you know, some somewhat of a living, you know, doing sure. it. So it's, um, I feel very lucky. I feel very um, fulfilled, you know, every time I get to go hit a drum. For sure. Um, so you must have been, uh, you couldn't have been playing drums for too long when uh, Thursday started. Uh, it's funny, the, the first demo we did and, and pretty much the first record called Waiting that we did was, was every single beat I knew how to play. You know, so okay. I basically taught myself to be in that band. You know, we my singer Jeff used to put on these shows in his basement. Yeah, um, it was one of those things where if you brought a can of soup, it was five dollars to get in, and it was all kinds of bands like Saves the Day, At the Drive-In came through, Hot Water Music, um, just a bunch of touring bands. So we we kind of started a band to play in the basement with these bands, and you know, I, I you know, just listen to people's riffs and I tried to match the drums to the riff and I've been doing that ever since. Nice. So it's, nice. Yeah. So, so the, so the band got together basically um, just to play those shows in, in Jeff's basement. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, you saw the other bands having a good time and you thought we need a piece of that. We were just so inspired by these bands. Like not only did Jeff put on the shows, but like we liked the bands that were coming through. Like that was mm. kind of what we did. We went to shows and we and we watched these bands and 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 just were just in awe of of how there was no stage and it was just one group of people, you know, in in a room like just going crazy. It was just the best. And I and of course, like you know you think how how can I do that like I, I want to be a part of that from the other side you know like I know what it's like to be in the crowd but I want to be back there and have people going nuts to something that I'm doing yeah yeah we don't um we don't really have the uh the kind of basement shows that you guys had um or hopefully still have I don't know if they still happen um over there it's uh for us it was kind of youth centers <laughs> it's not quite as cool <laughs> But, um, but it's it's the same thing because yeah. you know much like the youth center where you are we had like the elks lodges like you know just these small little halls you know that were it's kind of the same thing you know yeah and yeah. so grateful for those things you know yeah no it's all uh it makes for some good memories um so who were your biggest influences um as a band when when you first started out you obviously mentioned some of those bands coming through at the basement shows, were they influencing the sound and kind of what you guys were doing at that stage? I think so. Um, like Hot Water Music was one of my favorite bands coming up, you know, still one of my favorite bands today. I, I absolutely love Quicksand. Quicksand is, will always be my favorite band. Uh, and we also like bands like Ink and Dagger. Um, but yeah, I, I think all of it, all of that had something to do with, with, with our sound, you know, it was, it was more of, you know, the give and take with the audience and the passion all around that, that kind of, that's why we were kind of drawn to that kind of music. Yeah, for sure. If there was a, to really put you on the spot, if we could play a song by um, one of the bands that influenced Thursday, what song would it be? Oh man, I would say, geez. Uh, man, that's a good question. Maybe Phaser by Quicksand. Okay, let's do it. Let's listen to Phaser by Quicksand. So 1999, I believe, Waiting came out. Yes. Yeah. Um, and people started to take notice. Yeah, yeah. What, what was, was the 
<laughs> what was the kind of feeling <laughs> in the band at that stage? I mean, we were young, you know, we were 20. So we kind of just were like, oh man, people are starting to starting to hear this. Like we could play more shows, you know, maybe we can, mm. maybe we can get in a van and, and go play outside of our little New Jersey scene, you know? So I, I remember one day we got into two different cars, one minivan and I think Jeff's mom's car. And we, we headed out on a little tour and this was before cell phones. So we kind of would call the person's house or whatever in the morning and be like, all right, we'll be there by six o'clock. Like, please tell me there's people there. Please tell me this <laughs> is still happening. And, you know, we kind of drive for however many hours and get there. And luckily the people were there, you know, the owner of the home or the owner of the hall <laughs> was there to, to greet us. And, you know, we, we would set up and play a show. So it was, it was, it was crazy, man. It was, it was crazy that, that, all these bands that I had seen that I had fallen in love with, you know, people were starting to do that with my own band. Yeah, for sure. And were they, were people coming to see Thursday or was it kind of part of like local bands playing as well or a bit of, a bit of both? I think it was a bit of both, you know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, obviously at first, you know, with it started, it started catching on slowly with waiting, you know, people, you know, some people had heard about it and those people would be excited to come to the show. But then other people, like I, I always thought that Thursday put on a really good live show too. So if we were there playing and people were there, I, I, you know, they usually came away saying, Oh, you know, might not be my thing, but you guys were great. You know? So. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I mean, anyone who watches that band play live is, is going to come away, hopefully a fan, but as you say, um, definitely uh, at least appreciating uh, what they've seen is is something pretty special so um thanks man yeah I've, I've, if, if you don't you don't you don't have to love it but you know just don't forget it you know yeah yeah exactly like i guess that's what you're aiming for isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah um and then um i might be wrong but i believe a kind of around this time the the dove um symbol started to appear and i'm yes. really intrigued um where where did it come from and and does it actually represent anything? What's what's the story behind the dove? Uh, Jeff, I think, found it somewhere, uh, kind of came up with the idea. You know, I, you know, I think the, the dove always stands for peace, you know, uh, yeah. but it also just looked cool. And it was it was something that that, you know, as soon as you look at it, you 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 know, and you associate the name together, you, you don't forget it. it. It is synonymous now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think every good band has a good logo, you know, and, and, and luckily we found ours. Yeah, for sure, man. How many uh, how many tattoos around the world do you think there are? <laughs> yeah, the Dove logo. You know, I, I don't I, I still get blown away every time I see one. I mean, like I have a few Doves on me. I, I don't even know where at this point, but I, I have a few on me uh, and I have a few friends that have them. And I, you know, it's just it always blows my mind when people get the dove on their skin or something yeah, Thursday related on their skin. I, I, I love it. You know, you know, it's very moving. I, I've, I've got one on my shoulder. I won't show you, but I, uh, I've got one Hell just yeah. up here. Um, Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's also, We're which is, uh, now. yeah, yeah, man. It's, um, that's, you know, that's why it's exciting to, to chat to you today. It's, uh, I've been watching your band. Oh, God knows for probably 20 years or something. Whenever awesome. you guys come over to the UK, um, we're, they're one of the bands where it's like uh first day come in okay we're going sort of thing <laughs> there's no discussion yeah. there there's never any discussion um, i love it i love it that's amazing yeah no it's always a good time um 
So we move on to Full Collapse, which is obviously was kind of your big breakout record. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the actual album in the moment, but I'm, I'm quite keen to, to hear your thoughts on um, something that I heard Jeff chatting about on Shane Told's podcast um, about the, uh, the, the not particularly pleasant experience of being on Victory Records. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, that was that was such a weird time, you know, because obviously, you know, waiting kind of took off enough to where we had to kind of move on to to uh, some a larger label that could get the, the record out. And at first, you know, they Victory did not like Full Collapse. They're like, oh, this is this is going to be a good springboard for other bands that we have on the label, such as like uh, Student Rick or whatever other bands they had. This is like yeah. this is going to be this is going to be a springboard for those bands. So it's a good record. You know, thank you for making it or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at that point, you know, art, music is, is so weird and art is so weird because it, it, you're very insecure. Like you believe in it, right? But it, but when people kind of say something bad about it or don't like it or something, you you, you know, you try not to take it personally, but you, you kind of do. Because being a, an artist and a musician, I think you're inherently insecure, right? So, uh, yeah, it, that was a weird time in our lives because Victory definitely got their records on the shelves and you know people were definitely buying those records so i mean that was a good thing but i just think that our our, our views and our, our our backgrounds just didn't align yeah for sure do you ever do you regret signing with them or is it all kind of water under the bridge i mean i don't know if i regret it i mean yeah, I mean, no, because I think everything happens for a reason. You know what yeah, I mean? I sure. think everything happens for a reason. And, and like I said, they put the records on the shelves. And, you know, we did a lot of touring and we busted our asses to to back that shit up. So. And uh, it, it's all worked out nicely in the end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm I, like I said, I'm, I'm just I'm grateful that we can still do it 20 years, 20 some odd years later and, and people still come out to these shows and, and people like you still want to talk to people like me. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, I, just one more. We won't dwell on record labels because I'm sure it's not a uh, something that um, you want to talk about too much. But um, I mean, you've been on so many different types of record labels over the years. Um, for people that don't know, uh, you started on Eyeball, uh, then there's Victory, Island, Epitaph, and then Velocity. Now, isn't it? Yeah, that yes. that you're on. Um, quite, quite, uh, quite new for you guys. Um, yeah. How how do you? I mean, that's a lot of different types of um of record label. How do you kind of compare all the different experiences? Uh man, it's like being on a major label like Island was just crazy. You know what I mean? There's a lot of a lot of things happening you, you know a lot of a lot of different artists being on independent labels are cool because you feel like you're a you know not necessarily a big fish in a small pond but you are a fish in a small pond so but mm. being on a major you're kind of like the small fish in a huge pond yeah um i mean i don't know i i, I just feel like uh i guess during those times you had to have a label to make music so yeah I wouldn't say any any experience was better or worse than one another. They were all just different and strange and weird, but fun. And whatever kept us on the road, I think, made me happy personally. So, yeah, for sure. 
as long as you're out there doing your thing, I guess uh, it doesn't matter yeah, that, if it's Island Victory or whoever. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, it's going where people want to see your band, you know, and, and if, if you need a label to do that, then, you know, I guess sign me up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, okay, so so full collapse. I mean, despite uh, Victory saying it was a, a springboard for bands like Student Rick, who have kind of vanished into thin air, um, it's a it's legendary record um and has influenced you know thousands of bands um how do you i mean you've been playing kind of the uh the signals um shows during lockdown and obviously you were playing shows um to celebrate 20 years and things like that how, how do you feel about the record 20 years on because you know 20 years is a long time <laughs> <laughs> it is a long time and and uh, you know i'll tell you when we wrote that record you know obviously we had no idea that it was going to have any influence on anyone you know we mm. kind of just you know we we wrote songs and parts of songs that made our hair stick up when we were playing them you know what i mean and, and i think that that's i think that that's what what makes that record so special um is because you know we really loved what we were doing then you know and, and we put everything we had into it you know in a way that that we felt it you know so we had no idea that people were gonna get tattoos or come to the shows or anything like that or it was gonna start this you know uh, g give us the ability to make more records even so um and now when i play them you know i, I really i try to get myself in shape uh before i do these tours because playing songs that you wrote when you were 20 when you're 40 is not the easiest thing in the world especially when it comes to you know punk hardcore kind of music where it's you know it's a little bit more aggressive than than your average bear so um yeah man it, it feels it feels surreal just to be able to go up there and play you know those songs and, and we've played understanding in a car crash thousands of times but i still get somewhat the same feeling as i do when we wrote it you know, which is like, God damn it. This is, this is what I live for. <laughs> you, think, you think, damn, this is a good song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I never give myself that much credit, but I, <laughs> I, I, I definitely feel like oh, this feels great. You know, this feels right. That, that's awesome. I mean, especially as uh, you know, it's, it's what people want to hear those songs. So it's, um, it's I, I find it all, always quite sad when, um, Every now and again, you hear musicians talk about, you know, they're bored of playing their old stuff or whatever it might be. So um, it's always nice to hear that, that people um, in bands still enjoy playing the, the older stuff. Oh, let me tell you a little secret, because I definitely feel like, you know, we've complained as well. You know what I mean? And, and not in a way that it's like we're, we're bummed that we have to play them. But it, it's, you know, when you, you know if you ever write new stuff, you want to play new stuff because that's, mm. you're just so excited about the new stuff. So it's, it's hard playing the older stuff that you always play, but the second you go into the song, you get that feeling. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many people say they're bored doing this, that, and the other playing this song. Like as soon as you start it, it's a different feeling every time. So I can have the worst day and be like, Oh, I don't feel like playing. And then like hit it, go into understanding and do that. And I'm like, it's like, as the kids say, I like, I feel fucking lit. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and you see the crowd reaction, and uh, yeah, and there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Should we, uh, should we play something off Full Collapse? Sure. What's your, what's your favorite um, song to play live? Oh man, album? well, 
you think I'm going to say understanding in a car crash. And yes, it probably is. But I'm going to say autobiography of a nation just because uh, the right this, these words back down part that Jeff sings and the crowd sings along is always just like a real hair raiser. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Excellent. Well, here it is. Okay, and then we, we move on to War All The Time. Um, so you're on a major. Um, we've chatted about that already. We won't go back down that road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did, did you feel any kind of added pressure after this, the, um, the success of a full collapse? Um, or were you kind of uh, just excited to get back in the studio and to be writing again? I mean, it was a little bit of both. Uh, definitely was excited to to follow up that record, you know, because I, I feel like Full Collapse taught us a lot, you know, taught us taught us how to play, you know, because we were still all learning, you know, like waiting was like, like I said, was every beat that I knew. Full Collapse was a little bit, you know, more that I, you know, was able to spread my legs a little, you know, and the band as well, you know, kind of like get, get, get into the fold of, of learning how to play better. And then um, I feel like War All The Time definitely gave us a little bit of pressure um, because not only was it a tough to follow up full class, but also switching to a major, you know, which was, which is kind of the stakes were higher. So uh, I, I would say that writing that record, definitely there was times that it was like, oh man, we were scrutinizing over every single note over every single beat, over every single lyric, you know, it was, it was one of those things where we really like, we're all in and like frantically like, Oh God, is it good? I can't tell if it's good. So definitely a different experience than, than, than full collapse, which was just like pure, you know, angst and, 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 you know, being in the moment. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I've, I've kind of a, a tiny bit of experience of bands kind of writing and recording and I, I feel like uh, but not bands that have kind of got the pressure of being on a, a major label and things like that I feel like um, you kind of as you said you scrutinize over every tiny little thing take that out put that in um, it must be a nightmare does it not kind of drive you a bit crazy after a while <laughs> <laughs> it does, man. It, it kind of takes the fun out of it, too, when you're when you're when you're scrutinizing things, because for me as a drummer, it's like if I'm not the one trying to find the beat, you know, I'm the one playing the beat over and over again so other people can write around it. You know what I mean? And that that sort of gets like it's like, oh, can you just loop the verse? So I'll just end up playing the verse beat like for, you know, a, <laughs> I don't know, five minutes or something, you know, yeah. while they find their parts. But it it also the shoe goes on the other foot as well, where it's like hey, can you loop that guitar part? Because I really need to find something cooler than what I'm playing right now on the drums, you know? So yeah, the, the, the scrutinizing can definitely take a little bit of the fun out of it. But, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's all about the final product, you know, and, 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 and what that feels like playing it live, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, have you ever, um, either on this album or any other albums, have you ever kind of, written any pieces of music and i guess for you obviously um any uh drum drum section sequences um that you then go and think about how the fuck am i going to play this live <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely and and that goes back to to even saying like, like we were talking about before about playing full collapse now as 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 a 42 year old man like i i definitely am like oh man like 
I guess I got to do it just like the record, you know, so better relearn that part. But yeah, no, I, I definitely fake it till I make it, you know, like write parts that I think are harder that, you know, I, I write parts that are better than me. I feel like, like I have to catch up to them, you know, when I, when I play them live, it's like, Oh man, I, that took me like 20 tries in the studio and now I have to play it every night and get it right. First yeah. try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was, um, I was going to ask you a, a bit later, but it's kind of, uh, this is a good time to ask. Um, are there with the, with the kind of older, uh, well, I guess any of the music um, that you, when you play it live, are there any sex um, sort of drum parts where um, you wish you'd done it differently? Now you're more experienced or, um, do you, are you quite happy just to leave it as it was or do you even kind of change it up a little bit when it's live i mean i i'm i'm pretty happy with a, a lot of the stuff i played but but i definitely at the same time wish i could change every single part <laughs> you know what i mean there's <laughs> definitely things i'm like i could have played that better i could have made a better choice there like i could have done a better fill there you know and i, I think that i think any musician or drummer will say that you know it's, yeah for sure you know going back and listening like even even I, I always feel like when you record an album that's when you're the worst at your songs mm. you only get yeah, good course. at these songs when you've been on the road you know for you know months after that playing the songs every night you know when you're when you're you know writing and recording an album you sometimes you have it written and you get in the studio and and it's just not jiving. So you rewrite the drum part or something. And then, you know, you're, you're quickly supposed to like figure out this part that's supposed to be forever in a minute, you know? So you do something that works and then you record it and then it's done. And you're like, fuck man, I wish I could have sat with that a little bit longer <laughs> to maybe match the vocals just a little bit better, you know, or, or I, you know, I don't know. Yes. And I'm my own worst critic. So I, I, I hear every little mistake that I've made, every little part that I feel like might be out of time. Every, you know, I hear it. Yeah. Oh, and no I know it's there. But yeah. no one else Maybe, does. <laughs> I, in, my, in my world, I think everyone else does, but hopefully no one else does. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got a favorite song from War All the Time that we can play? Favorite song from War All the Time? Uh, I think from uh, For the Workforce Drowning is a fun one. It's a difficult song and it kicks my ass alive, but I, I really enjoy yeah. that song. Amazing. Cool. Here it is then. Okay. So um, let's have a little chat about breakups in the band. Cause you've had a few <laughs> with the, um, so you, you disbanded after war the time um, at the time. Did you think that was going to be a, a permanent breakup or, or was it always just going to be a, I hate the word, but hiatus. I mean, we never, I'll be honest with you. We never actually broke up, you know, like the, okay. the band is always, was always there and it was always going to be there. It's just, there were points in time where, where we weren't making enough money to support ourselves, but we weren't home long enough to get jobs. You know what I mean? Like regular jobs. So yep. there, there came a point in time where we needed to take breaks. I would never say we broke up because, you know, I, I, I never considered life without Thursday. You know, it's just, oh, it's been a part of me. It's been such a huge part of me growing up and becoming, you know, who I am today. So um, 
there were definitely times where I was like, man, we need to, we need to get this back going again. I miss it, you know, but you know, the time's always got to be right. You know, and if the time is not right and the times that we did kind of go on hiatus, we, we still talked, you know, like Tom was still the best man at my wedding, you know, like Jeff is, was my neighbor, you know, like we, we hung out a, a bunch and Steve and I, you know, hang out all the time. So it's, you know, there was, there was always, we always had the friendships, you know, it just sometimes didn't work out financially. So we had to take breaks from it. And that, you know, that's perfectly fair enough, I guess. It's, you know, it's life, isn't it? You gotta, you gotta yeah. um, pay the rent and, um, and we'll get onto this in a minute, but feed the kids and all that sort of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And it, it goes to that thing where it's like, you know, if you love something, you, sometimes you got to let it go for a little while. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, it was never too far away, but, you know, we loved each other. We love this band. So it, there's no use running something into the ground and trying to resurrect it when you can just kind of step back from it, figure out, shake the cobwebs off and, and go back to it with, with the same passion that you had before, rather than, rather than beat a dead horse and, 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 and end up hating every person that you have made a brothership with, you know, a, bro- yeah. a brotherhood with, you know, for sure for sure and then in 2011 that was kind of your the longest time that the band was apart um why do you think it was so long on that on that occasion was it literally just again what you've just said you know just kind of going into normal life so to speak and and kind of making money and doing jobs and things or were there other reasons I think, I think it was all that. I think, you know, it's just, we, we hit a wall again, you know what I mean? And, and we needed to figure out, you know, how to keep this band special. And in order to do that, you know, you got to kind of take a break and, and, you know, Jeff kind of started another, another band and I was playing for other people and, you know, Tim, our bass player has three kids. So he was kind of, you know, had to get a job with healthcare, you know, to, to, to give him healthcare and stuff, you know, this, so there was, there was a lot of, a lot of things and we all do different shit in our lives you know like I, I play a lot of drums for a lot of different people Steve um, you know does a lot of uh, film stuff movie stuff TV show stuff Andrew has his own company that that um, you know writes jingles and, and whatnot um, you know Tom's got two kids Every, everybody kind of has their own thing so Thursday was always something that we can we, we can go back to you know when 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 we're kind of ready to do it so it's so interesting because um i mean with you guys and probably countless other bands um whenever there's a break or a breakup or hiatus or whatever the hell you want to call it um everyone's always trying to look for you know that they've fallen out they're they're in trouble or you know all these stupid um reasons but it can just be simply that you know, so, someone needed to get a job so that they could have health care for their family. Or, you know, yeah, I mean, normal reasons. <laughs> and I, I say this a bunch, but like the music industry is, is not a gentle lover. You know what I mean? Like it, it can it can raise you up to the highest plateau or platform that, you know, we've never hit that high. But and but then it can drop you in, in a second. You know what I mean? And, and I think there were a lot of situations where where things were going really well. Like we were on Island Def Jam and I think a city by the light divided sold, you know, X amount of records and we were all stoked. And, and then they called us and we're like, hey, you know, the record is is not selling what we what we thought. So we're going to kind of pull. We're not going to give you any more tour support. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of it. So you're going to have to fend for yourselves. And, and that 
that was one of those reasons where like, all right, we need to step back and, and kind of reassess what's happening and, and, you know, kind of go, go about this. Like we'll always have Thursday, but we need to take care of ourselves as well. And, and we love each other enough to know when we need to take care of one another by stepping away for a little bit. Yeah, sure. For sure. Um, and you mentioned it already briefly, um, but in this period, correct me if I'm wrong, was when you started kind of um, doing doing drums for other bands and acts and things like that. Was was that kind of um, out of necessity or something that you always wanted to do? It's always been something I wanted to do, but it was also out of necessity, you know, because I, I had been, you know, pouring myself into drums for so long and pouring myself into Thursday for so long that like, it was, you know, like I said before, it was my passion, my hobby. It was everything to me. So, so like the necessity was like, fuck, I need to find another gig. Not that I'm above a job. I've worked a ton of jobs, you know, it's just nothing, you know, I'm a drummer, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I want my job to be. So I didn't give up that, that, that dream. And so I put myself out there and, and when people called, I, I would, fake it till I make it and, and try, try to do the best that I could, you know, and, and luckily I've, I've had a good, a good run and kind of steady. Like when Thursday stopped playing for a little while, another thing picked up. And then when that thing stopped, another thing picked up and then Thursday came back, you know, so it's, there's been a, a lot of, a lot of luck in my corner when it comes to, you know, uh, getting, getting gigs or jobs, as I say. Yeah, for sure. And you, you've, You've played in some um, some pretty awesome bands, um, Yellow Card, um, Frank Hero, Mike M, Murphy's Law, um, Get Involved, which which I really liked um, back Thanks, in the man. day, which I just I stumbled across on Spotify again the other day, um, and uh, but the the one that kind of stands out, you probably know what I'm going to say, um, is the Wanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how how did that happen? <laughs> So when we were on Island, we had this awesome, awesome person that worked with us named Eric Wong. And he's now like, uh, uh, I think he's like the CEO of something now. He's like a big, a big deal now. Uh, okay. he, he was the best and we, we remained in touch. So when Thursday took a break, I was like, hey, man, like, I don't think we're gonna be touring for a little while. So if you know of any of any gigs or if you need any artists that that need like, a, you know, a backing band or a back, you know, a drummer, you know, please let me know because I would love to, to be that person because I want to, I want to remain in the music industry as much as I possibly can. And he called me like a week later. And, you know, at that time I was playing for Murphy's law, you know, which is a legendary, legendary, uh, New York hardcore punk band. And, uh, he's like, yeah, I got a band for you. Uh, you know, they're doing a showcase for the label, you know, six days from now. And I need you to put together, uh, you know, find a bass player and a guitar player. And, uh, you know, we'll send their, their music director, keyboard player over uh, to, you know, we'll learn the songs together and, and then we'll do the show. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, what are they called? He's like, oh, they're called The Wanted. I was like, all right, cool. And in my mind, I was like, all right, this is like a rock rock group, punk band, something like that. Because The Wanted doesn't, definitely doesn't sound like a, a, a boy band. <laughs> So I, I definitely forgot to ask what kind of music it was. And then I, I remember calling them back and being like, hey, uh, I forgot to ask you, like, what's what style of music is it? Can you send me some stuff? He's like, well, just so you know, it's a full full on boy band. And I was like, what? 
he's like yeah it's it's you know i was like 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 in sync he's like yeah just just like in sync there's five singers and it's kind of pop music um but you'll love it I was like all right and uh i called two of my good friends and luckily they said yes and and Five days later, we were on stage with them in, in New York City at, the, I believe it was the Gramercy Theater, and they turned out to be the sweetest dudes ever, and they they liked what we did on stage with them, so they kept us for like three years until they they disbanded, but it was the some of the best times I've ever had playing because the shows were huge. It was so much fun. Everybody got along. You know, I didn't have to be you know, I wasn't in the band, you know what I mean? I was just the, the, the working backing band, you know, so I, I didn't have to make any decisions or worry about merch or how many people came to the show or anything like that. You know, it was, it was all about them. And for, for them, it was all about us playing these songs correctly. So they didn't have to think about it. Yeah. I, um, I did a bit of YouTube surfing earlier and I found I, I didn't sit through all the songs I'll be honest but I found, um, <laughs> I found a lot of kind of major tv shows award shows like massive shows um I mean, it must have been quite a uh, quite exciting time really and a bit different to playing Jeff's basement I guess absolutely and that and that's the thing man the the, the best thing I, I I got out of that whole experience was just showing up for my job and, and doing the best I could every day. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's what it was. Like I just had to do my part, you know, when I was playing, you know, when I, when I play on Thursday, it's like, I'm, I'm, we're all in it together. We're all, you know, trying to kill it, you know, but with, with this, it's like, all right, you know, sit back and, and do your part and, and make it awesome. And, you know, and I loved playing the television shows because they were terrifying and your hands get all sweaty and, you know, you have one shot to do this right, you know, so it's a lot of pressure, you know, so it's, it's a big challenge to step up to that pressure. And, it's, you know, I feel like it made me a better player. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever um, feel like you would uh, lose, as we used to say back in the day, lose some scene points and uh, a bit of street cred doing, doing the boy band stuff? Or were you not bothered? I mean, I definitely was like, oh, people are going to get a kick out of this. But at the same time, I was like, man, I'm a working musician right now. Yeah, you know what I mean, like and and, you know, I, I. The scene was important to me, but I always felt like, you know, I didn't care about the scene because I wanted to be recognized as a musician who could play yep. multiple genres. So to me, like it was like I'm working right now you know, and, and, and this is awesome. I get to play music for a living, you know, and no matter if it's for a hardcore band, a pop band, a punk band, you know, whatever, like I I'm doing this, but yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. in the back of my mind, I was like, Oh yeah, people are going to talk shit, but I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> you're, you're going to get shit for this. <laughs> yeah. 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 But fuck, but fuck hey. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're, you're playing arena shows and, uh, and TV award shows and things. So, uh, exactly. They can, exactly. They can think what they want to think. Yeah, you can talk shit all you want. I'll be on, uh, you know, Dancing with the Stars or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what's uh, what was your, it doesn't have to be by the wanted, but any of the kind of bands that you've, um, you've played in, um, what's your favorite song um, to play live out of all the, all the different bands you've been in? Other oh, than man. Thursday? You know what? I really love playing Oceans by Frank Iero. That was okay. one of my favorite songs to play live with him let's do it let's uh let's play that then so this is oceans by frankiera so with thursday obviously you've done 
countless tours over the years. Um, do any stand out as being particularly special for, for any particular reason, whether it's with the, because of the bands you were with or the, uh, the reaction you got? Are there any kind of standout tours that you had? Um, yeah, definitely, man. Like our first, our first big tour, um, with, with Hey Mercedes and Saves the Day was really special because that's, we were the, we were opening the show and that's when understanding on a car crash had, had gone to MTV because we made a, a, a you know, a cheap video for it. <laughs> and, and people just started coming early to the show, you know, like, People obviously wanted to see Hey Mercedes and Save the Day, but they also were coming to see Thursday. So it was just like a really fun, explosive bill. You know, and then we did stuff like uh, touring with the Deftones. And that was just so much fun because they're such sweet guys. And I love that band and I loved watching them every night. You know, and then also doing Australia with Quicksand. And I, I forget what year it was, maybe 2019 or 20. I, I can't remember. But, you know, doing, doing, you know, a tour in Australia with your idols was just mind blowing. And then I remember the early days doing, doing a bunch of UK shows with the movie life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many, I mean, every single tour is obviously special, but there are definitely some standouts, you know, I just, I just remember seeing the UK for the first time with, with these beautiful people, you know, so it was very special. Um. You've probably played with pretty much everyone, but are there any bands um, that you really uh, like live or or like their music who you've never played with that you would love to play with? I mean, I'm sure there are. Uh, God. Just trying to think off the top of my head right now. Um, oh, you know what? I would love to play with, uh, shit, what, what are they called? UK band newer um go on we, we can do a little quiz <laughs> give me a clue yeah <laughs> damn it i can't remember oh man I, I just did a cover of one of their songs uh that's the sound of the gun going bang bang ah, god damn it i can't remember you can't remember someone might know <laughs> yeah yeah shit Anyway, if you are from that UK band listening to this, yeah. then get in touch. <laughs> and, uh, idols, uh, idols, idols. Oh, idols. okay. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. There you go. Idols. It came to you. Brilliant. Um, nice. <laughs> I totally lost my way now. Um, yeah. Idol, <laughs> yeah. Idols are. Yeah. Right. We're, we're having a meltdown. Um, <laughs> idols are awesome. Very awesome band. Um, there you go. So, Idols, if you are listening, get in touch <laughs> first they want to come and play with you yeah forget um, that i butchered singing that song just now <laughs> um so we'll uh we, we should move on to i mean obviously this is the emo dad podcast and you have i believe a daughter is that right i do i yeah? do how, she just how old turned, is she now she just turned a year and four months yesterday oh, wow. amazing and a lot of people would say 16 months but i fucking hate that yes yeah, same it's uh if it's you just have to work it out when someone yeah. says it and what's the just point do the goddamn math and don't be a wimp just do it <laughs> um so i'm guessing she she must have been born just before this whole covid thing kicked off 
She actually Luckily. was born during it. She was oh, born was on she? March 27th. Yeah, March 27th. Okay. And I, I, be, I believe we went in lockdown on March 10th or something. So we, we bought our first house, moved in March 4th um, of 2020. And then, you know, then my daughter was born on the 27th. So we were, yes, we were right in the middle of the beginning of COVID when no one knew what was going on, where people were still sanitizing their grocery bags before they took them in the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it, um, was, it was crazy. I remember when, when my wife was about to go into labor, they were like, oh yeah, you can't come into the hospital. Like it's only her, hmm. like no husband's allowed or whatever, no dad's allowed. So we, we switched our birth plan to like a birthing center and so I was able to be in there with her and watch my child being being born, which I, I just can't imagine, you know, not being able to see my firstborn, possibly only, you know, child be, be not, you know, not be born. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I saw a couple of photos you put on your your Instagram. She's she's a gorgeous little girl. Um, Thank so you. Congrats. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. So um, I guess you've not really experienced um, yet kind of the, the real challenges of being a kind of touring musician with a with a young family. Have you, yeah, have you? it's not really happened. I, yet, I, I guess I've not. And, and you know, a lot of, you know, COVID's obviously been awful and, and really took away my bread and butter, the music industry, you know, and, and all, a lot a lot of us, you know, it's, mm. it's really like kind of shut that down so that's been horrible but at the same time i feel super lucky that i've been able to be around for the first 16 months of her yeah. life yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? because i don't know that i would have had that you know what i mean i, I think that because I, I believe we had stuff booked that august so you know i would i wouldn't have would have been away for a few months of you know her very formative times you know so i i i'm just glad to be around to see her start walking and talking and all this all this stuff that's happening right now which i i definitely don't think would have been possible had yeah, this horrible sure. shit pandemic hit you know <laughs> yeah but you know every cloud and all, all that so um that's awesome that you you guys have been sort of together for this this whole yeah period. yeah and uh have you kind of thought about how it's going to work as a family when you do go on tours and things uh are you going to take her out on the road with you or what's going to happen i mean i've definitely thought about it i think that you know luckily she's not the third first thursday baby you know what i mean mm. like a bunch of us have kids so you know i feel like we can break it down to a couple weeks at a time and then we'll be home you yep. know so it's it's not we're going to try not to be away longer than a month from our families um so that's good. I feel like had I been the only one with a, a child in the band, it would have been harder to be like, oh, we're only, you know, we can only go out for two weeks, you know. So having other people in the band with kids is, is makes it a lot easier. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that we're going to have to. I, I would like to have her come out on some of the tours and, and be out on the road every once in a while, but everything has to get better with this COVID thing. Like yeah. this new variant, all this crap happening. Like I, and she can't obviously be vaccinated yet. She can't even wear a mask. So it's definitely something that I, you know, being a father, I know nothing about and, and, and I'm not a doctor, so I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> you just got to find your way, man. You just got to work. Yeah, it exactly. Out. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice though, that, um, you know, that, that, 
a few of you guys have got kids in the band and stuff because um we we chatted to i know you jo- know um jonah matranga very well um oh, yeah. and, and back in the day when when he had his daughter and i think he was the only one and um that it caused a, a bit of friction and and uh, trouble so um it's nice that you guys kind of are all in the same boat with that i think it'll make absolutely, it absolutely man because I'll, I'll be honest like before i had a kid i didn't understand you know what i mean like there's just no way to understand until you actually have a, a, a little person you know what i mean it's i it's it's so hard to to i could see why there would be friction because everyone would be like oh man you're going to stay home with your kid, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> funny that. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But it's, it, you don't understand it until you're actually in it. It's a wild experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, hopefully you guys kind of work it out and get out on the road uh, very soon uh, for two weeks at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what plans have you got for the rest of the year? Is, is, there, is it all kind of still up in the air a little bit or? It's always still up in the air. I mean, Thursday's got a bunch of shows, uh, you know, coming up and, you know, fingers crossed that they all happen. You know, obviously we don't know what's going on with this, this new thing. And, and, you know, a lot of these shows are outdoors, which is great. Um, but still, you don't want to be the band pinched for getting people sick. You know what I mean? Like, that's the last yeah. thing we want. We don't want to get each other sick. We don't want anybody to bring home anything from our shows to anybody else, you know, so. It, it's a it's a real crapshoot right now as far as what's going to happen but you know i i like i said i bought this house in march of 2020 and I, I put a studio in my garage a drum studio so you know I, I i get to play a lot and play on a lot of people's songs um you know which has been great um recording myself teaching myself how to record and you know i just i really enjoy that so hopefully a lot more uh songs playing on more people's records and and such from home but uh and hopefully all these these Thursday shows happen because, you know, I, I really cannot wait to reconnect with people because, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get used to this bubble and I don't think that's very healthy. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> are there any, are you allowed to tell us any of the kind of projects that you're, you're putting drums onto coming well, up? Well, I just, I just, uh, we did the Jim Ward record which yep. came out uh, like last month, which was a lot of fun to do. And, and just I'm so grateful to be a, a part of that dude's life and and not only a part of his life, but a part of his art. You know, it's just, it's it's so great. Um, and he's so talented. And, and Ben Kenny, who played bass on the record, is just one of the best musicians I've ever played with. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of other stuff in the works that I can't really talk about. But, you know, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, it's it's a challenge to, to I mean, it's hard enough playing the drum parts you know but to record yourself as well is a whole nother <laughs> a whole, whole different ball game but I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing it and i'm grateful that i was able to to you know find a house that had something to where i can do that and uh yeah it's it's been it's been a lot of fun and, and a learning experience and it, if i can't be on stage at least i'm you know doing these cover songs with the indie drummer collective which is a a group of drummers uh, my friend Aaron from who used to be a minus the bear he put together this, this collection of, of of drummer humans who are all amazing people and we talk every day we have a slack channel that we talk to each other on it's nice so that that's been super super amazing to do and I've done a lot of like uh like I did this this 
Phil Collins song with a with this uh, podcast called Couch Riffs, um, which is which was awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I'm enjoying the collaborative thing that's happening remotely. And I, I, I hope it yet. goes away soon because I want to get back to the live stuff, but that this will do. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. You've um, you've given me an opportunity to very quickly tell tell everyone and you um, my my Phil Collins fact, which is that he once served me a hot dog at a barbecue. What? <laughs> yeah. what? I was at his. Um, I used to be friends with his goddaughter, and I was at her birthday, and he was just wow. doing the uh, the Godfather thing of serving hot dogs and cleaning up plates. <laughs> man, that is so cool. There you go. I've, so I've been cool. trying to get that into this podcast for, for months and uh, you've just given me the opportunity. <laughs> I'm glad I could be the one. This is amazing. <laughs> and that, that dude, I, Phil Collins is just, who's better than he is? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, on that note, uh, I would like to, to thank you for, for taking your time to, to chat to us. Um, really appreciate it. Um, you can go back to your, to your studio now and uh, <laughs> work out how those mics get set up. Um, yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but um, really, really appreciate you taking the time, mate. And, uh, and we look forward to uh, hopefully some, some Thursday shows over here very Hell soon, yeah. once we're all allowed. Thank, thank you for having me and, and thank you for the kind words. And also next time we're near you, please message me and and we'll hang out and yeah you man. won't have to pay for a show ever again so oh, thank hang. you that's that's so kind thank you mate um enjoy the rest of your day and uh it looks beautiful sunshine there so maybe, maybe <laughs> get the uh get the barbecue fired up or something yeah exactly exactly <laughs> okay mate take care all right matt thanks brother bye-bye that was my chat with Tucker. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Um, as a lifelong Thursday fan, that was another dream come true interview for the Emo Dad podcast. Um, and what a lovely guy he is. Um, as always, make sure you check out Emo Dad podcast on Instagram. Come and chat to us. Get involved. Um, leave comments, share, tell your friends, do all that sort of stuff. To end the show today, I am going to play Stay True by Thursday. Hope you enjoy and we'll see you next week.